Hey there, welcome back to Thrive Podcast, where every week I discuss a new topic that can help us improve the quality of our lives. This week's episode is all about beating sugar cravings forever. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, I have a question. Can you go throughout multiple hours in a day without feeling hungry or without needing a snack? I mean, more than three hours. If the answer is no, then you may want to listen to this episode in order to help you beat your craving. If you can go a whole day without eating or if you can go 16 hours without eating, then you probably don't need this episode as much. However, I find that most people in our society tend to want to eat something every three to four hours. We feel like we need more energy. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Do you ever get that exciting feeling when you get a quick treat to give yourself a little boost? Maybe get a Starbucks coffee, a piece of chocolate, or a piece of candy. Isn't it so lovely and comforting knowing that you can get a little boost whenever you want? Well, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but this is costing you and your metabolism. You see, humans have evolved over millions of years to thrive on this planet. However, we've never had such easy access to carbohydrates in our history. Would our long-ago ancestors have been able to order an oat shake and espresso when they were a little tired? I don't think so. They could go days without food and still kick major you-know-what. To beat sugar cravings forever, you must become metabolically flexible, like our ancestors. Just in case you're wondering, this is not the type of flexibility you acquire from doing yoga. Now, how do you know if you're metabolically flexible? Well, if you can go more than six hours without craving food or without feeling like you need a little pick-me-up, then you probably are metabolically flexible. So anyone that does some type of intermittent fasting where they'll only eat uh, six or eight hours in a day, odds are after a couple weeks or a couple months of this, they've developed metabolic flexibility. If you are the type of person that does get sugar cravings or that does feel like, oh my goodness, I just need a snack. I don't have enough energy. I need a snack. Well, then this episode is for you. And I think that is most people. This is something I'm working on as well. So let's get into it. What is metabolic flexibility? So metabolic flexibility is the ability for your metabolism. So your metabolism is what creates energy in your body. Your metabolism will take the food that you eat and convert it into energy for your body to use, your body and your mind to use through the mitochondria. We all know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. So if someone has a healthy metabolism, it means that they can create an abundant amount of energy from the food that they consume. However, most of our metabolisms have become a little sluggish, and we're going to see why in a minute here. Optimal health resides in being able to use more than one energy source. Your metabolism, well, most of our metabolisms are so accustomed to using carbohydrates for fuel. So carbohydrates get broken down into glucose, and then our cells will use that glucose as an energy source. We must notice here, so metabolic flexibility is the ability for your metabolism to use glucose, but when there's no more glucose to be used in the bloodstream or in the liver, to start using fat for fuel. And this is where most people's metabolism isn't able to do its job anymore. So if you've been eating carbohydrates for your whole life, which I have, most of us have, and you haven't done some type of intermittent fasting, or you even some people don't need to do intermittent fasting, they just have a good hunger cue that some people just don't need to snack every two, three hours. And those people are naturally listening to their metabolism and their bodies are functioning properly. So not everyone needs to completely overhaul their, their daily lives in order to kick that metabolic flexibility into gear. But if you do feel like you're 
needing a snack, or if you feel like your body just keeps storing fat, but isn't really good at burning it, well, then you need to focus on metabolic flexibility. Because without metabolic flexibility, your body doesn't use or doesn't even remember how to burn fat for fuel. Whenever your body runs out of glucose, instead of starting to go to the fat tissues and using that for fuel, it'll just send a hunger craving to your brain and tell you, okay, we're out of carbohydrates, we're out of glucose, we need more, so go have a snack. Or I'm going to make you feel really tired until you give me that snack and you give me that sugar rush. And then some people say, well, no, I need that. I, I need a little sugar rush. I need a Coke in the afternoon or I need that chocolate bar or else I don't have enough energy. And unless you're sitting at 7 or 8% body fat, you have plenty of energy. We're, we live in, in a world where people think, oh, I need more energy. But if we look on our bodies, fat is energy. That's exactly what it is. We've evolved over millions of years to be able to store this fat. It's, it's a miracle. It's amazing. So if you have a little bit of fat, if you're not sitting at eight or not eight, seven or 8% body fat, you have plenty of energy. Your body just doesn't know how to use it. It hasn't had the, the opportunity to use it because every time you feel a little tired or you get in a little slump, you'll reach for a carbohydrate. In other words, people that are not fat adapted crave snacks. So if you have cravings throughout the day, the odds are that you are not fat adapted, therefore not able to break down fat for fuel. Okay, so what's happening when you eat carbohydrates? Well, first of all, your body will break them down into glucose. And that glucose can be used for energy immediately in the bloodstream, or it gets stored in the liver for later use. The liver is then able to convert that glucose and store it into fat. Okay, so in order to better understand the metabolic machinery and metabolic flexibility, let's think of it as this metabolic machinery switching from glucose to fat by switching this big lever, okay? And the lever is always in a fixed position when we constantly consume carbohydrate. So if you've been consuming carbohydrates for your whole life, the lever is stuck on that side. For years, a lever stuck in the same position gets rusty and stiff, right? So making it harder to switch over. Unless we intermittently switch that lever over using carbohydrates for fuel and then using fat for fuel, it just kind of gets stuck in one position. So that's why going from using carbohydrates for fuel to using fat for fuel is more challenging initially because that lever is stuck. So what do you need to do? You need to apply some WD-40 on that lever and get it loosened up a little bit, smooth it out so that you can go from carbohydrates to fat, carbohydrates to fat, easily in a smooth manner instead of all this resistance where you feel like shit trying to use fat for fuel because your body just hasn't done it in so long. There are two effective, proven solutions to this, okay? And it's pretty intuitive. In order to get your metabolism to do the other half of its job, there are two solutions. Solution number one to break free from carbohydrate dependency forever is to do something called intermittent fasting or two meals a day. This is not the optimal method. You'll see that solution number two is the easiest way to do this, but nonetheless, it still works. If you eat two meals a day or you eat within a six hour eating window, let's say, that means that your body has 18 hours throughout the day to deplete all the glucose within your bloodstream, within your liver, and then start working on using that fat for energy. So you'll notice that the first couple of weeks of this type of eating style, you may get cravings. You, that's your body not wanting to go use ketones for fuel because it's harder at the moment. It's harder for, the, for your metabolism to do because it hasn't done it in so long. So it'll send you craving. But after a couple of weeks, 
your body will get used to converting fat for fuel and you won't get those cravings anymore. And you know what's interesting is a lot of people actually report after doing this that they'll have to remind themselves to eat sometimes. They'll be like, oh my goodness, I skipped my lunch today. And so that means I'm only going to have a meal. And they can go hours without thinking of food. Most of the day, they're not thinking of food. The coolest thing is that you kind of start to control your relationship with food. And food is not controlling the relationship with you, you know? You want to wear the pants in this relationship, right? It's important to note that your body may go into ketosis after 12 hours of not eating, which many people do overnight before they break their fast with a morning meal. If you want to make this even a little bit better, your first meal of the day, prioritize protein and fat. This is what I'm starting to do. Instead of having carbohydrates in the morning, if your body's already in ketosis, give it some fat and some protein so it can keep going. And then have your carbohydrates in your dinner with your dinner or your later meal. Okay, solution number two, which is definitely the power move here in order to get your body burning fat for fuel, and that's the ketogenic diet. The ketogenic diet is essentially a high fat diet, very low carb. So what this is doing is it's giving your body fuel in terms of fat, right? It's saying, here you go. There's plenty of fuel here. It's just not your preferred source. It's just not carbohydrates. Sorry about that. So then your body has to say, okay, we got it. We got this fuel. We don't really like converting fat to energy, but we have to do it because that's the only thing coming in. So most people will report an easier path on the ketogenic diet. And actually after like a week, a lot of them say that they feel better and that they're already starting to break free of their carbohydrate dependency. I want to point something out here that's really important about the ketogenic diet. Whether or not it is optimal for long-term use, and I'm talking about years, is to be determined. Okay, some people do very well on it for 10 years plus, and some people are still on keto. They still just eat that way. And some people after six months, after a year, maybe after a couple months, they start getting um, electrolyte deficiencies. So when we eat carbohydrates, it allows our body to store electrolytes easier. So electrolytes are things like salt, magnesium, calcium, potassium, and there's another one that I'm missing, but essentially it can re- your body is able to retain these electrolytes uh, much easier. When you don't have as many carbohydrates, you feel you, you look less puffy, but you're also holding on to less electrolytes. Anyways, that's a little tangent, but so if you want to break free of your carbohydrate dependency, it may be wise to do a little bit of intermittent keto where you'll go keto for a month, 30 days to teach, to put some WD-40 on that lever and get your body into ketosis so that you can transition in between both. Now, the optimal way to use the keto diet, in my opinion, is to do it intermittently. So if you go a month on the ketogenic diet, you're training your body to use fat for fuel, and then you can kind of cycle off. But just don't go back to eating so many carbs all the time. Maybe you do keto and then you go to kind of an intermittent fasting type of lifestyle where your body's already fat adapted and you can just eat two or three meals a day without snacking. The danger of snacking, guys, is that you're just always giving your metabolism easy energy. And so your metabolism gets sluggish. It gets lazy because it knows whenever I need to work a little harder, I'll just send a hunger cue up to the brain for carbohydrates and I'll get them very quickly, very easily. So I don't need to work that hard. Okay, we want our metabolism, our mitochondria to be hard workers. We want them to be strong and robust. If we're always babying them in terms of giving them snacks all the time, uh, our cells won't be that strong. So to conclude here, the transition to being fat adapted is not an easy one. However, it is one that we must all prioritize. Carbohydrate addiction can cause metabolic syndrome, which increases your risk of heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, and excess body fat. Think about it. Our ancestors did not have constant access to carbohydrate-rich foods. Therefore, their bodies were adapted to using carbohydrates when they were available, 
and fat when they weren't. We have evolved this way for millions of years until the agricultural revolution and the industrialization of foods. In short, the human body cannot adapt to the overconsumption of carbohydrates and simultaneously thrive without a healthy metabolism. What do we see most in society is that our metabolisms are becoming more and more unhealthy in part because of what we talked about today. If this episode was interesting, if you learned anything, or if you just want to connect and chat a little bit more about it, please reach out to me on uh, socials, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Let me know what you think. And as always, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.